Hello and welcome to ESG in VC, a podcast where I continue to interview top players in ESG space and where we dive into ESG-related topics exploring how investors, regulators and founders try to build a more sustainable and inclusive society. Today we will hear from Ben Knight. Ben is head of environmental sustainability at fintech company GoCardless. GoCardless is a global payment company with more than 70,000 customers. He is building a sustainability strategy which is not only aims to reduce the impact of business but also utilizes Go Cardless platform to create a positive impact on people, society, and natural environment. Before Go Cardless, he worked at a space telecom startup, OneWeb, which included assessing the environmental impact of the space sector from rocket emissions to embodied carbon in satellites. So here we are from space to fintech. Thanks for joining. Hi, Ben. Very good to have you with us. I know that you recently joined GoCardless as a head of environmental and sustainability. Tell us a little bit about what your job entails and what are your key goals in the next 12 months? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for inviting me on, Oksana. It's lovely to join you and have a a chance to have a conversation. Yeah, so I joined GoCardless about seven months ago now. And I guess for context, for those who might not know what GoCardless do, we're a global fintech. So we're based in the UK, but we've got offices in Melbourne, Paris, Munich, San Francisco, and New York as well. And essentially, we are, we're a payment provider. So we move money for our customers. And we've got around 80,000 customers at the moment globally. And each year, we move around $30 billion of payment for those customers. So very much focused in the tech side of finance. So I joined back in July last year with very much a focus on leading our work specifically on climate and net zero, but then also looking at wider areas of sustainability as well. And I guess so. my role came as a result of us becoming co-founders of a coalition called Tech Zero. And Tech Zero is a group around 250 businesses, which was set up as part of the UN Race to Zero campaign with all these businesses committing to measure their greenhouse gas emissions and actually show how they're going to reduce those and reach net zero. So that was kind of the initial focus. And I guess if I could sum up how I kind of see what I do in a really clear sentence is how as a business can we reduce our impact on the natural world and communities, but also then how do we then use what we do as a business or as a product to create positive change. So reduce what we're doing as a business, but then how do we bring about good? And I think that's a really important part of it. So over the last six months, we've looked at measuring our impact specifically on climate. So looking at our emissions across our whole value chain, we've developed a quite comprehensive sustainability strategy, a net zero action plan, which we launched a couple of weeks ago, which sets out our science-based targets. So really importantly, everything we're doing on climate is going to be aligned with climate science and 1.5 degrees, which is a really important target for communities all across the planet. And then we also set out exactly how we're going to do that. So in the next six months, next 12 months, we're going to start actually acting upon those things. So we've done the measuring, we've done the targets, and we've done how we're going to do it. And the next step is actually launching those. So over the next couple of months, we're going to be launching some initiatives around homeworking, for example, so how we can help our employees 
decarbonize their home working, reduce their energy use at home, all the way through to launching a sustainable travel policy. Because obviously that's with global offices, that's one of the areas that we need to be looking at. I guess a really key focus for us is how do we work, of course, with our employees, but also how do we work with our customers and our suppliers? Because without those groups also being sustainable, by continuing to exist in 10 years, 20 years time, we won't be sustainable ourselves. So it's really important that we help those groups along with the journey. So we're going to be developing tools and resources to help our customers because a lot of our customers are SMEs and a lot of SMEs struggle with getting started on their journey to climate action and, and wider sustainability, but then also working with our supply chains because it wouldn't be particularly fair for us to go out to our suppliers and say, hey, we're doing this, we want you to do this or we won't use you because it's not very good for their economic sustainability or the well-being of their employees, for example. So we're going to make sure that we're quite collaborative and we're again going to give them tools and resources, run workshops and things like that. So, so the next 12 months are going to be pretty busy for us. So there's lots going on on both the customer side, the suppliers, and then internally as well, we're running lots of workshops you know, so that our employees can get involved. We're launching new engagement apps, training resources for our teams to really, really try and embed sustainability across the business, which is a real key part of what we're trying to do. So hopefully that sums it up in a <laughs> very, very short. Yeah, it's a great answer and it seems like lots and lots of initiatives, which is great. And maybe my next question is a little bit simplistic, but I just think it would be interesting to explore a little bit. When you were joining Go Cardless, and it is a fintech company, and I think sort of for an average person to think that a fintech company where everything is software driven, that you can have an impact on E is sort of feels very distant because it's quite easy to understand what you can do internally about S and G, but E is a little bit distant. How did you think about it when you considered the role? And obviously you just mentioned quite a few initiatives which address directly the E part, but any thoughts around that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. It's, it's a brilliant question because a lot of time people and businesses whether we're talking about businesses or our own individual lives we don't necessarily see the direct impact of a lot of things we do so yeah for example me at home today I guess if I go out in my car which isn't an EV yet because it's but I will say that it's an old car and I'm waiting for it to stop working then I'll change it but so if I go out in my car I can understand that there are emissions that come out of the car that's a very easy thing to understand so i guess when you have businesses who might be manufacturing products so you think of i guess steel companies or agriculture they've got those real direct emissions but but i guess also when for example me working at home today i'm using energy to run this school to power my screens my laptop all of that requires energy that comes from somewhere and that energy has to be created and it's the same way for every business so every business has an environmental impact of some sort. It's just how that's, I guess, you categorized and understood. So my previous role, I was working in the, the space sector before. So I was dealing with more physical things. So I was looking at satellites and rockets and things, so products that are made. And so it's quite easy to understand you know, if we're building a satellite, there's going to be emissions related to that. Whereas you're right in the tech business, people go, well, where's the impact coming from these business? So I guess for the context, for us as Go Cardless, our emissions 
last year were close to around 9,000 metric tons. But that is the majority. So that's about 99.95% of that sits in what's called scope three, which is our indirect emissions. So we don't have any cars or manufacturing plants, but a lot of our environmental impact sits within things like our, our homeworking, our travel, but then also our purchase goods and services. So the suppliers that we use to create our product and service, and that's where that environmental impact comes from. So, and I guess what's really interesting is that if we don't take action, then over the next 10 years, our emissions could be up to a million metric tons over that timeframe. So it's really, really important, that even though as a tech business, it's not that obvious that we take that action and it's a central focus to what we're doing. And I guess the external side of that as well is that the impact we can have elsewhere. So if we can use our product to put some funds into climate action or we help our 80,000 customers also reduce their emissions, then that's a massive impact. That far outweighs what we're doing internally. If we think 80,000 customers having a, I don't know, an average carbon footprint of, say, 100 tonnes, you multiply that and we help them reduce as well. That's a really big impact. And that was one of the big things that really drew me into moving across to GoCardless and was that external impact that we can have. But before we do that, it's really important that we get it right ourselves. So I hope that kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, I think little steps, you start with little steps and eventually you get there. But have you already seen kind of direct value from your sustainability efforts and were there any trade-offs that you experienced once you started implementing some of the changes yeah it's a great question actually i think because sometimes business often asks you know, what's the cost of doing sustainability or doing esg and and that sort of thing and and i guess the wider context of it is that we all have to do it anyway it's that important we currently as humanity we can consume 1.75 earths for our resources and to absorb our waste so that's clearly not sustainable we need to bring that down but i think you know the sort of tangible things that we've seen already i think internally the amount of engagement that we've got amongst our employee base has been absolutely brilliant we've got hundreds of people that are part of our, our slack channel all dedicated to what we're doing on sustainability but we've been also running things like workshops, environmental action days, where we're taking our teams out to get involved in, and have a real positive impact on their local environments. And I think certainly that internal engagement has been massive. The amount of people that have said to me, they're really proud to be working for a company that's taking it seriously, is probably the most rewarding part of it so far. But I think also additionally, externally, although it wasn't really a a main driver, obviously, for doing it. I think last year we took part in around 30 roundtables, webinars, you know, from Dublin Tech Summit to COP26. And so I think that ability to get out and collaborate with people and talk about what we're doing and then help others has been you know, really, really important. And like, of course, for our, our comms team, I think they enjoy the fact that we're getting some great PR as a result, but that's not really the reason for it. It's just happening organically. And I think on the customer side also, it's important is that we're actually starting to see interest in us as a company via our sustainability efforts so i'll get people approach me and say oh hey we've seen what you're doing on sustainability this really aligns with our values can we use you to do our payments which is great and obviously that wasn't the main aim but i think 
by doing things well and doing things honestly and transparently, you're naturally going to get that interest from other companies that you align with their values. So I think there's definitely benefits straight away in, in the last six months and and hopefully that, that continues to improve. Oh, and your other question was, was there any trade-offs? Probably for us, no, because I think one of our core values is to care deeply, which is a really important kind of value, especially when we're talking about sustainability, because if you care about the well-being of others, which obviously is quite an important topic in the global context at the moment anyway, if you care about your neighbours or your family or you care about your employees or your customers, you have to take action on climate change and wider social and economic issues because if you don't take action to have a positive impact, by doing nothing, you're having a negative impact. So you're inadvertently creating harm as opposed to well-being. So I think for us, there's probably no trade-offs because it's so ingrained in our values is that idea of caring deeply that doing environmental sustainability and other things like well-being and diversity and inclusion and things is part and parcel of the ethos of business, if, if that makes sense. So I would say no. There's certainly been some challenging discussions that we've had on certain things that we've had to look at. I think overall, there's everything's been seen in a very positive light. That's good to hear. And did you have to, this is slightly kind of a side question, did you have to make any changes within sort of processes, organization structure, or introduce new tools to deliver on your ESG goals? In terms of structure, I guess the only thing that changed is that I was added to the organization. So, <laughs> so, that's, um, <laughs> so that's probably it, really. I mean, I have actually just created a volunteer group. So we have different volunteer groups who look after different topics. So we've got one which looks after diversity and inclusion or gender equality and things like that. So we've actually got a group set up now on sustainability. And my aim is to get this group. So we've got people from all different locations across our locations globally and different sort of levels in the organization and different roles, which is really important. So they're going to be trained up in environmental management. So that, I guess that's kind of an additional layer that's gone, gone in straight away to really try and help embed the idea of sustainability. But I think in terms of tools, some of the tools that I used initially were things that I've just built myself over the last four or five years or so. But something we're actually looking at going forward is we're about to roll out an app, which is a sustainability engagement app. And that's all about how do we help our employees take, I guess, one, improve their knowledge around sustainability, but then also how can they take action in their personal life? Because that's a really important thing. So that's something we're developing at the moment. And probably going forward, we will start to use some sort of external tools on measuring. So I'm not having to do all the, the environmental, all the ESG sort of monitoring manually. We're just going to use a system to do that going forwards. But I guess overall, not really massive amounts in terms of we haven't had to spend hundreds of thousands on new tools. A lot of it's just been things that we've been able to do relatively straightforward, even for business with close to a thousand employees. Cool. Very interesting. And when you sort of measure internally or think about it more from a macro perspective, is there someone out there that you think is really a pioneer in the efforts and set up? Or is it even useful to compare one organization to another, given just really an open-ended question? Yeah. It's a good question, actually. And I think 
I guess sometimes in certain aspects, businesses tend to compare themselves to competitors or other businesses a lot. Favorite sink in finance, competitive benchmarking. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in terms of what we're doing on sustainability, it's not really something that we've looked at specifically on what our competitors are doing. I think probably because we take more of a collaborative approach. So when we're working with the other the companies in Tech Zero, for example, it's all about sharing ideas and best practice and things. And and I guess it's kind of a more collaborative benchmarking. So we might say, oh, okay, the this company have done X, that's a really good idea. Or this company have done X, which is great, but it doesn't apply to what we're doing sort of thing. So, but that being said, there's probably are some really good examples out there if I could remember them. <laughs> but I think generally speaking, I think any company that's committed to taking action that's aligned with science is probably the really important thing for me because it's more difficult. So I guess for context, last year, there was the science-based target standard, which was published specifically around corporate climate action and that's a lot more rigorous involves a lot more work on your reductions and things so i think any company that's signed up to that and gone through that process then is definitely going to be up there in terms of the leaders on climate action and i think there's always really good examples on sustainability is generally i think some of the ones that people talk about are unilevers and uh there's a great example this is going to be a really strange example by the way but interface carpets who were sort of one of the most innovative companies on the circular economy years ago is when they they realized that there's so much waste and they could actually use waste as a resource and another prime example of that is toast ale which is now my favorite beer they actually make beer from bread that would otherwise go to waste so they're they're using waste as a resource to make a product so there's some really good examples on both the environmental side some really good examples of companies doing great things on employee well-being and things like that so but then I guess on I think going back to the other part of your question is is it useful to compare? I think it can be, but sometimes it's difficult to compare when not everyone is measuring the same thing sometimes. I think until we get better standardization, for example, our measurements of our environmental impact is very, very thorough. We measure absolutely everything. So if we put that out there as a climate report and then someone might read that versus another company who's only measured maybe scope one and two they go oh well go Carlos are awful but it's just because we've measured more and we've been more thorough in our measurements so I think until there's more standardization of what you measure what you report then is a little bit difficult to compare properly if that makes any sense yeah I think this is one of the most common themes from almost everyone this need for standardization and because it's such a complex and very all-encompassing issue or topic, I think it will take a while to arrive at, at standardization. And my sort of last question, sometimes I ask it of my guests, is what surprised you recently? It could be ESG or non-ESG related. That's a very good question. Hmm. I think I was going to reference some things that we've been doing internally at GoCardless. But actually thinking about it, I wasn't really surprised. I was going to say that the level of engagement that we've had from our team internally on sustainability, on diversity and inclusion things, I was going to say that surprised me, but actually it's not surprising because I guess linking back to my original point about the values of the company, the E and the S and the G are so interlinked and almost always come back to the idea of caring for others that actually when the majority of people join 
go cardless, they know what those values are. So actually, they have values embedded. So therefore, of course, they're going to be interested. If not, they don't have to be ridiculous, as passionate as what I am about it, but they need to care. So that actually doesn't really surprise me. So I've just completely not answered your question there, have I? <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> but it was a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good to have you, Ben, with us. Thanks so much. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have reached the end of another great episode of the ESG in VC podcast. If you want to learn more about ESG and BC, as always, please follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter or Instagram or visit our website. If you have enjoyed this show, I would be grateful if you leave a review as it helps new users to discover our podcast. Thank you for your support and see you at the next episode.